something that someone said that sounds really good, but then you realize God never said that? Have you ever heard some things? And we want to dismiss our, our children to children's church at this time. Sorry about that. Just because something sounds good, just because something looks good, doesn't mean it was from the Lord. Just because something even sounds churchy, doesn't mean that God said it. So what do we do when we hear things and we realize, I don't know that that lines up with the Bible. If I started this morning by telling you that God doesn't want you happy, some of you would look at me kind of funny. Be like, what kind, of, what kind of sermon is this? God doesn't want me happy? Our culture has bought into this line of thinking that God wants us rich and God wants us healthy and God wants us well and God wants us to, to have all of our wants met. And, and, and what we do is we reduce Almighty God to a cosmic vending machine. That, man, if we could just get God to disperse this Boy, if I just had more money, man, if we just had a bigger house, if I had that new iPhone, man, if I had that truck or if I had that boat or if I had, if I had those clothes, if I, if I could get my hair to do that, if I could get hair to grow back here, man, if I could get all of these things, that, that, man, if I could just get this, I would be blessed. God, God, I'd serve God. We'd even go to bargaining with God. God, if I could get my children to behave, I'd be more faithful. God, if I could get my, my husband to, to lose some weight and get that blood pressure down, if, if I could do this or if I could do that, my goodness, it'd be a good day in our heart. We just love the Lord forever. But God has called us to be a lot of things. But happiness isn't high on the list. And before you pick up your bulletin and wad it up and throw it at me, turn with me to the book of Proverbs. Proverbs chapter 22, starting in verse 1. And, and when you find your place, if you'll stand for the right holy reading of God's perfect text. The author of Proverbs tells us in chapter 22, starting in verse 1, he says, A good name is to be chosen rather than great riches. And favor is better than silver or gold. The rich and the poor, they meet together. The Lord is the maker of them all. The prudent sees danger and hides himself. But the simple goes on and suffer for it. The reward for humility and fear of the Lord is the rich and honor of life. Let me read verse 4 to you again. The reward for humility and fear of the Lord is is riches and honor and life. Thorns and snares are in the way of the crooked. Whoever guards his soul will keep far from them. Verse 6 says, train up, in the train up a child in the way that he should go, and when he's old, he will not depart from it. Father, bless the reading of your holy and perfect word. Come meet with us today in the name of Christ, I pray. Amen. 
You may be seated. This line of thinking that God wants me happy, that God's about my comfort, has really swept across our culture and is taking so much root. We, we, there's, if you turn on the TV, listen, not everybody that has a microphone strapped to their head and, and is on, uh, on TN or TBN um, should be listened to. Just because they have a platform doesn't mean that what they say is biblical. Because if God wants your best life now, what does heaven look like? If God wants the very best for your soul now, what does glory look like then? If, if, if we're building life here, then why is there so much emphasis in Scripture about days ahead? About a kingdom that won't perish? About a house that, that won't fall apart? Why is there so much emphasis about a perfect body that won't break down? Anybody today feeling the broken down body curse that we're under? Yeah, I, some of my senior adult friends and me understand what we're going through. And them knees go to popping and that back goes to getting stiff and, and you become better at forecasting the weather than James Spann. You know what I'm talking about. If God wants the very best for us, if God's about our comfort and our happiness, then why is there so many bad things? Why do we roll up on months when we realize we have more bills than money? If we put our hope and trust in that line of theology, then God fails us often. But I don't think that's where God was calling us. I don't think God's so much concerned with our happiness as much as he's concerned with our holiness. The theology of happiness, how did this get here? How did we get to the place where we're so focused on this that we miss biblical truth? Well, it started by this line of thinking that whatever makes me happy must be right. And whatever makes me unhappy, it must be wrong. Whatever makes me happy must be right. So if I'm happy with it, if I like it, then it must be from God. There's a whole movement about sexuality that has birthed out of this narrative that, that if I'm happy, if, 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 if I'm in love, then, then this must be of God. So we begin to rewrite God into making him fit into our ideology or our identity as opposed to reading the word and seeing what he says about himself. Whatever makes me happy doesn't necessarily mean it's right. If I kick in your door and seal your TV because mine doesn't work, you and I are probably going to have some problems. You're probably going to be a little ill when you show up the next Sunday. Just because it makes you happy doesn't mean it's right. And also just because it makes you unhappy doesn't necessarily mean it's wrong. Cheryl Crow, I don't know if you keep up with her music, but she has a song, and it, it really paints a perfect picture of how our culture operates. Cheryl Crow wrote a song, and the, the bridge of the song gets to this point, and it says, if it makes you happy, then it can't be bad. If it makes you happy, then why the heck, she didn't say heck, are you so sad? The world has bought into this idea that, that we're supposed to be happy, that we're supposed to be well, and we're supposed to have all of our needs met. We're supposed to be, all of these things are supposed to be ours. But have you noticed the more stuff we buy? Have you noticed the more stuff that we give our heart to? Have you noticed the more stuff that, that we, we think is going to meet our needs and we think is going to make us happy? Have you noticed that the more junk we buy, we're no more happy than when we started? You, you and I have houses. And listen, when we build a house... Where's James Rogers? 
He step out? Good. All right. Have you noticed when we build houses, we've got guys in our church that build incredible homes and things like that. When, when we build houses, you know what's on people's wish lists? Well, we need storage. We need places to put our junk that we're not currently using. We need basements that we can stack. I, explain that to a third world country. We got to have a storage room in our house where junk goes. How, people come to the, our builders, people come to James, they tell them all, well, I just need more space. We need more stuff to, to store the stuff that we're not currently using right now. We buy and buy and buy. And, and listen, our, our culture has bought onto this. That's why I, the iPhone, we release one every six months. People go crazy. They camp outside for it. We, we got Thanksgiving and the day after Thanksgiving is Black Friday. So one day we're thankful. The next day we're shopping for more. We've bought into this. We got, well, if we just get some more stuff, man, we'd be happy. If I had, if I had the bed, boy, if I get some, those new shoes, if I could just get all of this, my, my soul would be happy and we'd just be, woo, God be blessing us. The problem is a consumeristic God makes an awful God because you can't always buy what you want. And as soon as you buy it, it's outdated. You go buy a computer from Best Buy this afternoon. When you get home, the first thing you're going to have to do is let it update. God doesn't have happiness high on his, pro on his priority list for us. He wants us to pursue him. Not pursuing him for what we can get, but rather pursuing him for who he is. We don't come to God because he can bless us. Listen, can God put together your marriage? He certainly can. Can God make your children behave? He certainly can. Can God bless you with a new job and the ability to work? He certainly can. Those are not reasons we come to God. We don't come to God for the fringe benefit package that he offers. We come to God because he's holy. We come to God because we see in the face of Jesus our sinfulness and we want to follow him because he's good. We see him because he's tried and true. Nobody's been battle tested like Jesus and we should follow him with grace. We should, we should wake up every morning longing to be faithful to the Lord. God doesn't want you to be happy. A couple of times in the Bible where it talks about God not wanting you to be happy, the first time is when it causes us to do something wrong or unwise. When it causes us to do something wrong or unwise, God, I'm right here, guys. When it causes us to do something wrong and unwise, God's not about our unhappy. He, he, he's not about how we feel if it's going to lead us to sin. He's not about how we're going to think if it's going to lead us to sin. God's not about us sinning. He's never changed his mind on it. God's unmoved. He's unchanged. And when it comes to the things of sin, he's always had the same idea about it. We should flee from it. We should run from it. But we think if we can find joy in it, it's worth doing. So if we can step over somebody to get a raise... And it makes us happy, it meets our financial quota, then it's good. 1 Peter 1.15 says, Just as he who called you is holy, so be holy in all that you do. Just because God's holy, and he's told us to be imitators, we should be holy in all that we do. That doesn't mean just Sunday. That doesn't just mean when you go into church. 
You should be holy in your business interactions. You should be holy when you're paying taxes. You should be holy when, when you're buying groceries and then you, you realize that girl, that she didn't scan that item. When you get more cash back at McDonald's, listen, you didn't just hit the lottery. Some girl just overpaid you. Do the honest thing, give it back. Listen, we're, God's called you to be holy. Holy, separated, alienated from sin. He's called you to be steadfast in the things of the Lord. Don't be wrong and unwise. When being happy becomes sinful, this is one of the greatest fails of the church today, I believe. We've bought that being happy, I've heard people say this, I've heard believers say this. If the marriage becomes too much to work, if it becomes too hard, life's too short, get a divorce. Get a divorce. I've heard this from believers. That's not biblical. Life is hard all by yourself. It doesn't get easier when you get married. Anybody that's been married, I love talking to, we got some folks been married for, for 10 times longer than I've been alive. And what I love talking, I, I, I ask so many, how'd y'all make it work? How'd y'all do it? Uh, we just loved each other. Katie and I, when we got married, we, <clears throat> we set some guidelines up and we don't cross them. We don't talk about divorce. It's not even something that we entertain. We don't talk about separation. It's not something we entertain. When we said, I do, it was forever. She'll tell you that death is still on the table, but divorce is not. Divorce is not. We, we said, and listen, if you're in here today and you've been divorced, I'm not throwing rocks at you. There's forgiveness in Christ. There's hope in Jesus, and you can be restored from that. So many people buy into this lie that I'm unhappy and someone else is going to make me happy, but they're not. You're not going to find pleasure. You're not going to find joy and comfort in another spouse. You're going to find it when you sell out to Jesus and you love the person God's placed in your soul. I'm not happy, so we have to do something about it. Anybody have a vice? That when you get happy or when you get unhappy things you go to? Any chocolate folks? Any cake folks? You know when we start supplementing our happiness with material things, it's sinful. Well, and I'm not telling you don't eat cake because there's cake after here and I, I want you to pay for it. But when we become so unhappy that we begin trying to, and th this, is, this is where alcohol comes in to be such a big play. I'm unhappy, so I'm going to stop by and get a beer, and that's going to fix me. If you need something to fix your behavior, call on the name of Jesus. Let him be your support. Let him be your strength. If you begin to rely on any other material thing, it will eventually become not enough. Nobody I've ever met that has struggled with addiction, whether it be alcohol, drug, porn, any of it, set out to say, I hope one day to be addicted. Never. I've never heard anybody say, hey, I, you know, one day I was sitting around the house and I was thinking, hey, how cool would it be to be addicted to heroin? I've never heard somebody say that. But they started and they realized that it wasn't enough. It wasn't enough. And they had to keep going and keep pressing the limits. And before you know it, they were succumbed to this type of lifestyle. Because they were looking for a vice to fill a void that only God will fill. I've heard people say, I'm not happy at work. I'm just going to quit my job and find something. God's called you to be a provider. Listen to me, man. I'm talking just to you. If you're a man in the room and you've got a family, God's called you to be the provider of that home. 
He hasn't passed that. He hadn't changed his mind. God hadn't all of a sudden looked at the woman and said, guess what, now it's your turn. It's always been the man's responsibility to lead the home. It, when I see men who, who quit their job because they were unhappy and, and so now they're at home uh, not working, you're not doing what God's placed you to do. God has not called you to be lazy. God has not called you to be idle. In fact, he tells us idle hands will become sinful. He's about you working. He's about you providing. He's about you being the father to children and being a, a husband to your wife. We don't quit our job just because we're unhappy when we've got responsibility. I've heard this when my wife isn't meeting my needs, so, so we started watching porn. Like, well, how are you going to talk about that on Sunday morning? Because it is the one thing gripping our culture that no one's talking about. It's the one thing gripping our culture that no one's talking about. 70% of men surveyed in the Southern Baptist Convention have recently or are currently engaging in porn activity. 40% of women are reporting the same thing. We don't, we're, we're not happy, so we're going to reach out to, to something else to meet these needs. And yet, it's all unbiblical and it's all sinful. None of it God had called us to be about. We've bought into the lie. We've bought into the lie that if a crude joke is funny, it's right. That if a TV show dishonors God, we should still enjoy it as long as we don't post about it. Worshiping at the altar of happiness isn't worshiping at all. Can I share that with you again? Worshiping at the altar of happiness isn't worship at all. The second time God doesn't want you to be happy is when it's based on the things of the world. You remember the Snuggie? You remember that? Anybody got a Snuggie? You're proud you got a Snuggie? I don't have one because I think if I put one on, I'd just never take it off. You know the Snuggie, it's the blanket with the arms put in it and it's like 10 sizes too big and you can like make a burrito out of it. We've bought some crazy things. When you watch TV late at night, sometimes Caleb is sick and we'll go downstairs and I'll turn the TV on and man, those infomercials that play throughout the night, man, they've got a, a lotion that'll fix anything. They've got a lotion that'll, that'll fix anything. They've got some weight loss stuff that's just ridiculous. You remember the shake weight? Y'all remember what I'm talking about? We've bought into the lie that, that new technology is going to help us in every facet of life. That if I had that new purse, it would make my eyes pop. Boy, if I had the new MJs on, my friends would like me a lot more. We've bought into the idea that if we could be happy, God would be blessing us. And what that is, is, is counterfeit faith. It's counterfeit faith. It's not real we think that better possessions plus peaceful circumstances plus thrilling experiences plus the right relationships plus the perfect appearance will make us happy. When 1 John chapter 2 tells us, don't love the world or anything in it. If anyone loves the world, the love of the Father is not in them. For everything in the world, the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, the pride of life, comes not from the Father, but from the world. The world and its desires pass away. But whoever does the will of God lives forever. 1 John 2, 15 through 17. God doesn't want you happy. He wants you blessed. He doesn't want you happy. He wants you blessed. 
There's a distinctive difference between happiness and blessed. You can counterfeit happy. But if I had that boat, I'd be happy. That boat's not going to make you happy. Anybody that owns a boat will tell you they're a money pit. Well, that new truck's going to make me happy. No, that's, that second month when you get that car payment, you ain't going to be happy. When you see what them insurance premiums did, you ain't going to be happy. But that new girlfriend, you know, she'd make my life so much better. No, she's not. Because you're the same you that you were in the last relationship. Stop putting your hope and your trust into other things that will let you down. That word blessed in the Greek is a unique word. It's makrios. It means supremely blessed. And it's, it's an idea that's more than happy. It doesn't mean, now that word doesn't mean that you'll never get sick. That word, that blessed word that the Bible calls us to be about, it doesn't mean that, that you'll never get fired from your job. It doesn't mean you'll never get a zit right before prom or the homecoming dance. It doesn't mean that, that your spouse won't come to you and tell you that they don't love you anymore. It, it doesn't mean that, that you're going to have the best life now. It doesn't mean that God says yes to every prayer you pray. But what it does mean is that when you're in the midst of pain, there's comfort there. It does mean when you're in the midst of the storm, there's a, a peace that only is delivered from the Lord that will be evident. It does mean in the moment of weakness that comes over your soul, in the moment that rattles you, in that moment that you didn't see coming, there'll be strength. And that strength is not yours, but it's from the Father. It doesn't mean that you'll have a dream house built by Joanna Gaines, but it does mean it does mean that God is going to meet your needs. If God's concerned with the birds of the air, think about how much more he's concerned with you. Psalms 37, 4 says, Delight yourself in the Lord, and he will give you the desires of your heart. Delight yourself in the Lord. That, that idea of delighting in the Lord, that doesn't mean that you have a, a favor towards God. That doesn't mean that you like the thought of God. This idea of delighting in the Lord is I'm sold out to Jesus. I'm sold out to everything he's about. What Jesus is about now, I'm about. It's not this, this every once in a while our lives orbit together on church day. It's none of that. It, it's completely sold out. It's completely given your life over to Christ. Delight in the Lord. Give your heart over to God. Let your heart be about God. Let everything that your heart's passionate about be from the Lord. And then he says that, that he will give you the desires of your heart. If you want God to say yes to every, pray, every prayer you pray, start praying for the will of the Lord to be done. Start praying for the will of the Father to be displayed. Start praying for people to be saved and for you to go evangelize. Start, start doing the things that God's passionate about. And, and listen, God will give you the desires of your heart when it's sold out to him. When it's sold out to him. You can have the desires of your heart when your heart's sold out to the Lord. But that sold out means completely given over. There's no, when you sell something, it's gone. It, it's not yours anymore. He said, delight in, let, let the Lord delight in your soul. Give your heart over to the Lord and see if he doesn't do some incredible, incredible things. If a fish jumped out of the ocean and landed on the beach, 
If a fish jumped out of the ocean and it, it landed on the beach, and it's there in the sand, and we thought, well, we need to make that, that fish happy, so we, we bought it some sunblock and sunglasses and big old gallon of Milo sweet tea, umbrella, beatbox, met all of its comfort needs, but we just put it in a wonderful place, built shade over it so it wouldn't get burnt. That fish is still a fish out of the water. That fish is still a fish out of water. That fish was never built for the beach. It was always built for the ocean. When we start to desire our happiness over our holiness, we become like that fish. When we start building a kingdom here, we're in the wrong location. Our life is nothing but a vapor here, here today, gone tomorrow. We don't need to be so focused with our comfort and our desires. We don't need to be, we don't need to be so focused on, on what, what we can get out of this life, but instead what we can give away in this life. Max Licato said this, he said, you weren't made for the earth. Moments of happiness and joy cannot compare to what's ahead. Lower your expectations of earth, but not heaven. Lower your expectations of earth, but not heaven. No new car, no new wife, no new baby, no new boat will give you the joy that your heart craves. No new item will give you that joy. Psalms 97, 12. May all who are godly, may all who are godly, be happy in the Lord. You're like, wait a minute. Contradiction. You spent 40 minutes telling me but not to be happy. No, that's not what that verse says. May all who are godly, may all who have sold their lives out to please in the Lord, may all who are content in the name of Jesus and Jesus alone, they'll be happy forever. They'll be happy forever. And praise his holy name. Today, what are you relying on your source of happiness? When you think about happy, listen, God didn't come and live and die the perfect life, be resurrected in the power of the Spirit and ascend back to glory for us to be happy. He didn't do that so we would have all of our needs met. Or he didn't do that so we'd have all of our wants met. He didn't do that so that we'd have the latest and greatest... He wasn't about that. He was about our holiness. Jesus didn't step down from glory because you were lacking material. He stepped down from glory because you couldn't get to heaven. He died the death that you should have died after living the life that you couldn't live so that now you could have intercessory with the Father and you could go be with him when these days are done. You could live a life pleasing to the Lord. That's what he's about. So today, where are you finding your happiness? Where are you finding that joy that wells up? I asked, we have a, a Wednesday night meeting, some of you don't know about. We have a Wednesday night meeting. We meet every Wednesday night and we pray and read the Bible together. 
I asked them this past Wednesday night, and I wish I hadn't asked them because I didn't have it wrote down. Sometimes God will do this to me. Did you live this week different because you know Jesus? Survey your life. Did you live this week differently because you know Jesus? The things you did, the tasks you accomplished, the places you visited, the conversations you had, or the conversations you didn't have. What would be different if you were either saved or lost? The scary part is, for a lot of us, that answer is nothing. And what that means is Christ isn't impacting us enough to change our week because we're, we're searching it, we're worshiping the wrong God. Jesus says, come to me, all you who are, who are heavy laden, and I'll give you rest. Have you followed Jesus? Are you trusting in Jesus for your way of salvation? Do you know if it's life, and I'm not trying to scare you, I cannot stand scare tactics, because if I can scare you into heaven, somebody can scare you out. I don't want you to be scared into heaven, I want you to fall in love with Jesus, because he's the best part. But when you get a hold of Jesus, it's the very best thing you could possibly get. There's no expiration date on him. Nobody ever upgrades him. He's the same yesterday, today, and forever. He's good all the time. Do you know him? Are you known by him? If not, don't leave today without getting that fixed. Let's pray. Father in glory, we thank you today for what you've said. For what you've said in your word. Father, so often we look at the things you didn't say and we try to build our hope and our trust in that, but it'll leave us hungry. It'll leave us helpless. It'll leave us lonely. Father, thank you that you weren't about our comfort on the cross. Thank you that you weren't about how, how much stuff we could develop in and how much junk we could get, but Father, on the cross, you were concerned of our sin. On the cross, you were taking the full brunt of God's wrath for our sake. So, Father, I pray over this room that you would have the freedom to move up and down every aisle, every pew, every seat, every heart, every soul, and you'd do business. God, for those who have been putting their hope and their trust in the wrong thing, I pray you'd convict them and bring them to an old-fashioned altar to do business with you. Father, for those who, who would just say, Lord, I, I've been putting my hope and my happiness and I can't understand. Father, will you work in that area? God, the greatest thing we could do is follow you. So we give you this invitation and entrust it to you in the name of Christ. And all God's people said, will you stand?